A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. That's the thing about the world, isn't it? It's so different to any other bike race. Um, imagine a 270-kilometer classic in Belgium with um, World Tour teams. Howlers wouldn't have been in the top top ten, nowhere near. And when it's with your national teams have less control, the racing's open. You know, from well, literally from 170 kilometers to go. It just it enables a different style of bike racing altogether. I think it's incredible. And, yeah, I mean, that's what I've always hated about world tour racing. It's so controlled. Because, you know, there's not just one team who are strong. There's six, seven, eight teams who are capable of bringing a break back or controlling it till the final, you know, crucial moment of the race. <clears throat> that was so good. Epic. Hope you guys are having a good time down in Verona. Look <clears throat> forward to catching up whenever we do. Ned. Yes. What's going on? Well, we're in, we're in Girona watching the men's race. The men's race, and it's brilliant. There are 70 kilometres to go. I've just walked in having had the most amazing fish lunch which is one of those um, spectacular kind of showpiece fish lunches where the guy sells you the biggest, uh, most expensive fish in the building with the biggest boggly eyes and kind of presents. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. This is, um, well, you, you've, you've seen slightly more than me, but we've just I've had... I've had on the background for about an hour and a half, but I've yeah. been doing lots of other things. Look paying at the in crowds, and out. David. It's, oh, it's proper. It's, it's, I mean, it's just the, the line of Flanders being waved everywhere. There's, I haven't seen crowds like this in cycling in a long time. Absolutely beautiful. Then they have to go to Brussels now because we just got a distant shot of the, the atomonium. What's oh, it called? Atomonium, didn't we? Yeah. So I think they must be not too far. Oh, well, yeah. that's even more motivation for Remco then. Wow. There's Wout. Yeah. Looking at Wout. So what's happened right now? We've missed obviously a whole load of action. With yeah. A bunch so, of... Kids, so what normally happens at the Worlds is this year this is 270 kilometres uh, circuits. Now, for clarity, this isn't a classic just in one loop over and over. They've got a couple of different loops and, yep. and go to different places. That might that's, um, who's that? Who's 72 there? Who's the Aussie? Robert who's Stannard. It? Robert Stannard. Yeah, yeah. Robert Stannard. Okay. But this yeah. is what's happened. So what we're seeing here, you see a lot of big riders that are getting piped because it did the classics world championship start with a breakaway that goes, um, and you then expect it to then sort of balance out and then have the long chase. But then this is about 170 k's to go. Oh, there goes another attack just happening right now from another Belgian. Uh, Campanats. Campanats, just bridging up to the French rider. Well, the Belgians are all over this, aren't they? They are. But Remco decided to light it up with about 170 k's to go. But took like a hit squad with them. I think even Roglic was there, and yeah. and it then turned into uh, they were chasing down that innocuous breakaway about eight riders or so. And there you go. There's somebody saying uh, one because you don't. Let's not forget they don't have radios, do they? So oh, yeah. it's a little bit chaotic. But 
Remco was just so strong. And he took Tim de Klerk with him as well. But even Tim de Klerk got fried by what Remco was doing to so that whole breakaway. Yeah. It forced the whole Italian team on the front. Brilliant. I mean, the Italian teams were... It was as if it was 25Ks to go. Seriously. Not 175Ks to go. Right. And they were just ripping it. And it took them probably a good... Mark, who's here with me, it's probably about 45 minutes, wasn't it, from them chasing full gas. So have they, they pulled they they, they pull up back. the Italians? Have they kind of... They've, they've lost a load, right? Yeah. I did see a little bit... I managed to get... While I was waiting for my fish, I managed to get Chris Borden on the BBC just oh, briefly, nice. and I caught a little glimpse of Matteo Trentin, right? Yeah. Doing a lot of work on the front. So And Ballerini got Baller- spikes. So those two and, might have already gone. Yeah. yeah. And so that was anyway, those groups came together, right? Those groups came together after, like, an absolute... But like I said, it was really strange. You turned it on, and it felt like it was... You were at the finale of the race, especially with the list of riders that were off the road. Then yeah. it come back, but ever since then... It's and what's really strange is it's not your classic just slow war of attrition. Oh yeah, it's a constant attrition. Big names are just getting piped out all the time, and uh, some of the teams are just in disarray. But it's clearly the Belgians have come in with a tactic to just make this race as hard as humanly possible for as long as possible, and yeah. just turn it into a, a, a man on man. There's Pagel Pogacha there in the front. Yeah, Pog. Yeah, but you can, see, you can just see the stress. Look at it. It's like 68 k's to go. And it feels like it's 15 k's to go. Yeah. And it's been like that for ages. Yeah. So right now, there's a group of what? A, a dozen? At 36? Yeah, 36 a dozen. This is Remco's second attack. Yeah. And so but look at this, this is the peloton. And look, there's probably about 50, 60 riders, 70 yeah. riders. Yeah. And, and, that's, and look, most of them are just hanging on for dear life. It <laughs> <laughs> was always going to be this good, wasn't it? A Flanders... Yeah. You know, the, the Gilbert? No, that's um, uh, Tish Benoit, isn't it? Yeah, Tish Benoit and... Uh, Just ad- adapting yeah. to the, watching the different colours. Morphing. Oh, there's... Uh, Matteo Moric. Yeah. Look at them all just bashing each other. Oh. Oh, this is going to Flanders, actually, because they're racing for positioning into different corners. and But yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, this is a world I, I don't think I've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah. They've got the course for the right as well, because it is different in the sense that there are other sections where it allows it to settle down, then it goes super technical again. Oh, so this Boom. is the lead group. So we've got Valentin Madwas, we've got um, Redrode, Jan Tratnik, Ivan Garcia. Well, I thought we saw him dropped off the back. Yeah. Stannard. Niels Pollitt is there. He's on good form. Rasmus Tiller, the Norwegian, he's there. So it's a really strong group. Isn't oh, it's, it's a really strong group, but it's yeah. but it's that's almost a completely different group to what Remco had the first time. Yeah. So no one else has been able, able to repeat what Remco so did. So what's Remco doing here, David? Uh, well, I think he he's just forcing. But what's interesting now, go back to Peloton. It's the Belgians, Tish Benoit there, is on the front, just trying to control it. But Remco's job, I think, is we talk about it often the free electron, just go and destroy the race, and that seems to be what he's doing. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I caught the back end of the um, the women's race actually yesterday, David. Uh, I mean, yesterday was quite a day, wasn't it? With Zoe Backstead winning the um, junior. I saw that. The junior. How amazing was that? Kind yeah, that of was incredible. Yeah. So yeah. cool. And then um, the women's race was a curious tactical thing because but the Dutch were very much in the role of what the Belgians are. You know, it's their race to lose. And did they race it differently because I was at the Ciotta Europe Classic. Yeah. Did they race it differently to how they've done at the world, at the Olympics where they were quite passive. Yeah, very much so. I think they did the kind of polar opposite of that and seemed to go, because they had so many different cards to play with, Van Vluten, Van der yeah. Beggen, Ellen Van Dijk is in the form, you know, of mm. her life and mm. Mariana Voss to win the sprint if it all comes yeah. back. You know, yeah. they, they, they were super active, but it probably 
to their detriment in the end. And Elisa Wadsama beat Mariana Voss hands down in the sprint. And it was kind of a shocker, actually. It was kind of weird to see Voss's emotion at the end, her yeah. disappointment. Her really, like, genuine disappointment. Oh, oh, she was in tears. You know, oh. She's not something I associate with her at all. No, that's when, it's, that's when you're, you're surprised. And then... And it's a brilliant detail that was brought to life by our colleague Anthony McCrossan, actually. I think he's working, <laughs> of course, because he's what he does. He's working at the <laughs> race behind the podium. But he said that Voss had the presence of mind and the um, dignity and the kind of courage, if you like, minutes later, when they were getting ready to go onto the podium, to not only congratulate Elisa Balsama, who beat her, but also to... So it's a really lovely little detail, this, and it reminds me of something you did to me repeatedly, <laughs> to just stop her before she went to the podium and just straighten her socks. Oh, really? So Mariana Voss just made sure that Balsamo's, right. you know, that she was, because she was clearly kind of like, couldn't believe what had happened to her. That's um, awesome. And Voss wanted to make sure that those photos that will live with her for the rest uh, of her life that's beautiful. were perfect. That is a quite perfect nice moment. moment. I, say, yeah. I say that's something that reminded me of your attitude towards me, because that's one I of the things in the past, it's just maddens you. It just it I went does. for a run yesterday in the chapter three, what do you call these socks? The tube socks. Tube socks. And I went they lined for a run up. yesterday, David, and today, and my socks have got mixed, because you gave me about five or six different versions. Yeah. They've got mixed up in the wash, and I was wearing different colours. Oh, you right. know, I, don't, I actually might condone that. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I think that could be really good. Let's well, mix that's it up. That's so disruptive. That's, that's so disruptive. It's like, why are we, why, let's not have a uniform. Oh. No, it's new thinking. No, it's just, I uh, think, okay. we've got, we kind of cleaned it all up. Is that Kriakowski going? It's a Polish rider. Yeah, I think it's Kriakowski. With Pollock. So, this so is they're now, attacking from this... this, yeah. this fr- yeah, this... So it's 65 because Pollock has been caught from that front group. Or is that Pollock? Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, because that's the yeah. big group. So There's only five riders so left So the now. Belgians have ridden... Even a, yeah, and so but now Ramco's for group, no, so Ramco's it's just reduced there. to five. So they've gone over that 18% climb, whatever uh, it was, and that's Van Baal, Madurus, Evan Paul, Bajoli. Oof. Bajoli. Well, oh, this is a carnage. All right. Okay. 65k to go. Just briefly, what have you been doing all morning? Uh, I did a bike ride this morning. I went out with 70 kilometers. 70 I wanted to do the 140. Then, then you thought, why would I do that? I said, genuinely. <laughs> I was just nickel. And we got to the last bit, and you could, had the option of doing the final climb up to Montjuic. And we actually turned on there, and we just looked at each other, and we said... Not, not Barcelona Montjuic. You didn't no, go no, that far. Girona, no, no, Montjuic. There yeah. is. And um, just realized that we were both actually quite tired, and we should just roll back and keep enjoying it, rather yeah. than suffer the last bit. In the meanwhile, Nicole just ripped it. Of course she did. first female, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Standard. Just, yeah, yeah, of course she did. Yeah. Um, what have you been doing? Montjuic, well, just before you do, Montjuic comes back to last time we potted, I was telling you about the, um, the Sarajevo Haggadah, yeah? Yes, Remember that? yes, yes. So, and all that. so the whole principle of it's very important for the Jews to be, you told me this as well, to be mm. buried outside of the city walls, yes. close mm. to running Sorry. water, is it, or water source? Uh, there were various different things that were prescribed in the yeah. Haggadah back then. Cypress trees. And, and so Girona has a Montjuic, mm-hmm. which means Jewish, Jewish, the hill, Jewish yeah. hill, Jewish mountain. And of course, so famously, so, does Barcelona, Barcelona, right? Yeah, so, there you go. There okay, go. It shows just how important the Jewish population was here yeah. many centuries yeah. ago. It still, still remains. But just, just finally on the whole religious thing, because I don't think I mentioned this last time, but um, Catherine, I've been absolutely baffled by the fact that neither you nor Christian Casals, who lives here, mm. nor anyone seemingly who's spent half their life in Girona knows anything about the the miracle of the bleeding foot of Christ. No, I know. That was a total news flash to me, but, isn't it? Uh, it just, there's no, almost no trace of it on the internet. Like, and yet, physically, the shrine exists just behind yeah, the cathedral. Yeah. 
where in 1975, you know, the, 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 this, this lady Maria Maas was visited over 90 times, I think, by Christ, who kept coming back Sheesh. and saying, and saying, the reason why I left the bloodied imprint of my foot in <laughs> the mud. she couldn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was kind of like, what are you, why are you coming back? Why you know, coming like, back? Over and over again. Because <laughs> the reason I have to come back is because you people in Girona have so little faith that I have to come back time and time again to remind you of my bloodied foot in oh, the mud wow. and the, the sign that I gave you. And that, a, the, the, you're bearing this out because you just in total denial yeah. about the whole miracle that's just literally, what is it, 500 metres away from you. Okay, I'll look more into it. A more into it. All right, 63k to go. Should we have a little breather? Let's have a little breather. Yeah. Hello, Philippe's going then. Yes, and, and Wat Van Aert, and it's shredded. What climb are they on now? That's horrible. The Pogacha, they're all there, aren't they? Is that oh. Peter Sagan as well? Yeah. This is a massive move, and it's coming from the second group to so the main peloton. It's Julian Alaphilippe who's forcing it, and it's 57.8 kilometres to go. It's still a long way to go, and you know, and who's still off the front? Uh, Remco. Remco. So Belgium is riding Belgium down and the front. Yeah. It's just There's the a most British rider there. There's a British rider there I just caught a glimpse of. Pidcock, maybe? Uh, oh, it could have been Pidcock. You're right, yeah. But look at this. This is happening. This is the race move. Alaphilippe and Marc Van Aert. And that's so basically Belgium, Belgium had been setting it up. Although Remco's off the front, they then just led it up into there. And then it's Julian Alaphilippe who seized the opportunity. So there's two Belgians here, including Marc Van Aert. And who's who's that with him? That's um, uh, Is Lampard. No, it's, it's too big for Lampard, doesn't uh, it? Jasper Stoven. Stoven. A brilliant bit of recognition there from. Uh, so Here we go. We've got in this little group there. Pogarcha. Pogarcha. Oh, Colbrelli's on the back. Colbrelli's on the back. Colbrelli. They've got to get rid of him. So the yeah. Italian. And there is that Pickcock chasing ball? down with the group behind. Yeah, it is. He's got his Red Bull helmet on. That's Pickcock. Ooh. So, in the meantime, though, because of this injection of pace, now Watch is actually riding for himself now with Stoyden on his wheel, which is interesting, putting his nose in the wind. And they're bringing it back 19 seconds to the Evenepoel group. And what's crazy is because there's no radios, Remco is still just head-banging off the front trying to set up the race, well, indifferent or in ignorant to the fact that his leader is now on his way up to him. Brilliant. Ah, oh, it's over Asia. That's where they've just come through. Oh, look yeah. at this. Look, Pickock's coming across. There that's he is. Uh, that's a very, very, very important group. I mean, that, that's the race has now just been de- defined with 56 like days to go. Big selection. Is that, there's another Slovenian, looks like White Helmet, Slovenian. Is that Mohoric? No. Mohoric, I think it must be. Must be. It's not, it's not, um, doesn't look like Roglic. It's not Roglic. Yeah. Oh. And there, now they can see him. So 12 seconds to the Avenipool group. It'd be really interesting to see whether Avenipool's still riding on the front. So we were just beginning to speculate whether or not Avenipool had gone rogue, David. Well. You know what? Could you have? Well, the thing is, I think what's been so, been so impressed about Remco's ride, which was for him to come in and and just do his own race, and by doing his own race, he was going to put everyone, the whole rest of the peloton, under stress. But to the point where he put everybody under so much stress that it was only the Belgians that could control him. Yeah. In the meantime, pushing on on the front, trying to catch the riders off guard so slightly. He's been, just noticed a little bit that, that Adam Blythe sounds a bit like Dave Brailsford, doesn't know, he? I know, he sounds just like Dave Brailsford. I'd never even noticed well, it until now. I, I noticed it because I commentated with him for a week yeah. on the Tour of Britain and I kept thinking, that just sounds like Brailsford. Yorkshire Dave. So, yeah. uh, this is a great race though. I'm going to concentrate on the race and not on podcasting for a bit. Yeah. So Ned, we're 
39 kilometres to go. Funny enough, uh, who's on the front? This, the, the Evenepoel, isn't it? Yeah, the Evenepoel. We've only just noticed that... Um, so this group is gone, isn't it? There's about a dozen riders, maybe 15, and they, they've gone. This is the final selection. Well, it's not the final selection, but it's the, the it's definitive definitive selection yeah. the Italians have got three we've only just noticed the Mathieu van der Poel's yeah, there he's we just ghosting around ghosting. ghosting around at the back which is pretty hard to do if you're six foot five yeah. and built like a literally a Dutch wardrobe that was amazing yeah. but while we're sitting here watching this and, and Mikkel's here with us because we're at the Chapter 3 studio yeah. and he asked me a very interesting question I've already answered it somewhat and maybe badly and you weren't listening so I thought it would be better if he asked you again okay. the question well, and then who's going to try and answer it you are oh. so if, what's What's, his, what's most prestigeful, the Olympic, uh, winning the Olympics or winning this World Cup? Well, I'm going to defer to David, but my instinct is it depends which territory you're playing in, mm. right? So I think, you know, a lot of our podcast listeners are probably listening from the UK, and I think in the UK, it's not unique, but I think there's a slight tilt towards the Olympics because we're not a cycling country, it's not really in the culture, so... There's a massive, you know, in many people's eyes, when Bradley Wiggins won the Olympic time trial gold in 2012, having a week earlier won the Tour de France, people thought that's an equivalent, if not a better achievement, you know, um, because it's an Olympic gold medal. And that's the only thing in the world that matters. So in the case of Bradley Wiggins, I would say the Olympic gold was literally gold. You know, it kind of turned, turned his... Turned it, he turned it into money, you know, if you're going to be brutally kind of cynical right. about it. But I, what I do wonder is how that plays out in different cultures, because within cycling, I would suggest, David, that more credence is given to this annual parade and the rainbow jersey kind of matters a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I reckon. I mean, I think the, the thing is, uh, you just put it just right there. And we're just looking at Ala Philippe on, on TV. Oh, he's being a lunatic, he's, isn't he? Yeah, he's talking. Vaucler. Vaucler. Oh, he's got a bit of a bald patch in the old Tommy V now. Big, big bald patch. Looking very cool, though. Love Vaucler. Yeah. All right. Um, it's cool. You can be bald and cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was sketchy. Garen would have crashed there. Yeah. Um, but what, what's really interesting is if Ala Philippe. Sorry, sorry. Moment, this is such a good conversation yeah. that's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know what's going on. So Ala Philippe is literally just right. Can't even think of no, yeah, this, no, no race radios. No yeah. race radios. Yeah, that's such, no such a good point. But so, for example, looking at Alaphilippe, if he won the Olympic gold medal, he'd be a star, obviously. But that star would be tenfold because of what he's already achieved in his career, having done the rainbow jersey, the yellow jersey things. If he'd not done those, then got the Olympics. Yeah, it wouldn't have the same value. And as a pro bike racer, the prestige of the rainbow jersey inside the peloton, the peloton and your culture and history and love of the sport the rainbow jersey means so much more than the Olympic gold medal but that's not to say it's not as lucrative perhaps the Olympic gold medal in certain countries is much more lucrative than the rainbow jersey but there's ways of earning as a professional right so you yeah. can either earn through um, endor- personal endorsements mm-hmm. so kick deals and all that sort of thing like or slightly external to your team contract and yeah. other endorsements and that tends to be the Olympic pot of gold right yeah <clears throat> whereas your mm. salary negotiations if you're moving in a year in which you've mm. just become the world champion yeah. that must be bigger than here's, being the here's Olympic prime example we're looking at Thomas Pickock who's an Olympic gold medalist in mountain biking yep. and which is huge but it would be much bigger for him in the sport of cycling if he won the rainbow jersey today. Yeah. Ten times, <laughs> tenfold. Yeah. Can I ask, so how do you show the rain? You talk about the rainbow jersey, I guess that's the one you win. Yeah. I'm asking him really stupid. You get to wear it a year, I guess. Yep. Is that right? Oh, I have to wear it a year. You have to wear it. 
In yeah. every race? Yeah, it's a UCL obligation. Okay, so, so, so what if you win the, the Olympics? What do you then get? Like a well, you, don't get a jersey, you don't get a jersey. You get to pimp your bike and your helmet and your shoes and all that kind of thing. And but you, you get do a bit that of, yourself. Yeah, you kind of... So yeah, Greg, like, <laughs> Greg Van Avermaet has been famously the Olympic champion for five years because of COVID rather than four. And for five years, he's been riding around with a gold helmet sort of thing. And so that's stuff. like winning the... You know. It's weird that there's no jersey. You don't. Do you get to wear cuffs or anything on your? You don't, do you? You can't. They, they, uh, Greg, when I put them on, yeah, but but, but yeah, like, just uh, for Michael, okay, so I just want to get a little bit yeah, of you comparison can't go get on this. Yeah, you're not doing that. He's got generating more minutes of content here. Yeah. Okay, just... Is it your helmet you paint gold? Yeah, yeah, you help me with bar tape or some little, little bits. It was um, Ooh, Sammy Sanchez. Sammy Sanchez started it, didn't he? He Sammy Sanchez did the tattoo, right? Oh no? yeah, what but did yeah, he did have yeah, a tattoo. tattoo. But let's not forget the Olympic gold medal for professionals only was only created in 1996 in Atlanta. Before uh, that's that, so uh, true, professionals yeah. couldn't actually race in the Olympics. Yeah, so yeah. That, and that's when um, the old, old boy, the Swiss guy. Richard, uh, Pascal Romy Richard, Romy. Pascal Richard won. Pascal Richard. Max Chandru was third. Rolf Sorensen was second. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Back and, to you. Back to um, you. But then that was the first time. So in that sense, it's not the great history or pedigree in the sport of, of being Olympic champion, although to each and every rider, obviously, Olympic champion's huge. This is my question to Mikhail. Do you, what do the Olympics mean in Denmark? Uh, kind of, because obviously in the UK, it's been pretty big because we've actually got good recently. Yeah, thrown money at it and got a result. Well, yeah. generally nothing. <laughs> because... Uh, you, you see this table in the newspaper, right? Yeah. China, 86 gold medals. Yeah. And then um, Slovakia, 13 gold medals. And you get down to Iceland, has three gold medals. And then come Liechtenstein, has bronze. And then comes Denmark. You know? And it's typically something like shooting those, I don't know what, what it's called, shooting those. Well, uh, hang on. Yeah. Hang on. Pigeon you got right. a silver medal in the old team pursuit, didn't you? Beaten by by Filippo Ganna. Yes, but I think, the, yeah, but the, the problem with cycling particularly, and that is not just Denmark, I think, is, is that there's so many disciplines. You can get, the, it's like, the, I don't know how many there are. That's true, actually. That with or without 17. a motorbike and indoor. And out, Six, it's three. so many disciplines. Yeah. So it's sort of, yeah, no. anyone could win. Well, <laughs> that's a bit. <laughs> that's a bit. That's yeah, a bit but strange. I am an idiot. Sorry, sorry no, about no, that. But can, I, can I get back? Front, to, by the way, <laughs> the footballer is still on the front. Just could get it's back ridiculous. to this thing about by the, way, the um, thirty-two k to go. Avonpool still on the front. Sorry, Michael. Yeah, the, the goal. I can't get it out of my head. So you can paint your helmet gold, but that's something you do to yourself, right? It's not something. It's we like, can't paint someone else's helmet gold. No, but that. That's well, you just, could, but it'd be. But I don't prestige. Know, be, it's like uh, then I. You just define your own prestige. Well, this is where it comes back, David, to the whole. You know, you create your own nickname thing. It's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. So David, David has a thing that he's quite right that you can't that nicknames. You can't just decide. I am now going to be the so-and-so. And I think you're talking about Nibali, to yeah. be honest, aren't you? I'm going to be the shark, so everyone must call me now yeah. the shark. Nicknames come because someone gives you the nickname like that. That's and what so, I mean. And so I don't know about the gold helmet thing. If you were an Olympic champion, because imagine if you were an Olympic champion and someone said, um, do you want to paint your helmet gold for the next four years? What would you say? 
No, no, I wouldn't. Would you though? If, uh, I might actually do it. Yeah. What about this? What, what about if you were do. the Olympic champion and you wanted to remind everyone that you're Olympic champion, but no one came to you and suggested? Yeah. Well, I think would the. You, you I know, think there's would a you re- then? No. Would you then go? Because no. eventually you'd go. Someone's got to say something soon. Because mm, otherwise, no. I'm going to have to say it. <laughs> That'd be really awkward. It's like writing a novel <laughs> and not getting the Nobel Prize and making your own medal. Like, yeah. Is it that it, a little it, does, bit. it doesn't work that way? Yeah. And I think the strongest prestige. <laughs> so, so, so here's the yeah, thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. There's there are some quite minor broadcasting awards um, in the UK for sports journalists, but they have a broadcast division. And there's this one guy I know who sits on the committee of these broadcast awards. Who every year he watches the Tour de France and he listens to me and David and loves it. And every every year he sends me a little direct message saying, "You really should nominate yourselves." <laughs> For these awards, like that, yeah. and, I, and I'm kind of, I kind of agree with him, right? <laughs> but I can't nominate myself. What do you get when you win? Well, I don't know. Do you get, do you you get, get a, a gold helmet, a maybe? golden golden microphone. <laughs> <laughs> So then I would make our cans gold, our earphones would be gold, we'd have like gold like microphone, and it was like, no, you can't touch those ones, that's Ned and Dave's. I have to change them out, sorry if you're coming in. Why? It's because they're they're the greatest. (laughs) But it would be different if you won the world championship in commentating, right? And you you have to wear the striped... Microphone. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a choice. Microphone. <laughs> <laughs> For a year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think I've done enough oh, disruption. Yeah. You've you've, you've <laughs> worked with podcast thank stuff. You. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Mikael. Thank, thank you, Mikael. David. Race summary. Uh, Ramco still on the front. Thirty point oh, right. eight kilometers to go. One minute forty eight now in the second group, which means that the race will be decided. The winner of the world championships is found in this group of how many riders is it? I don't know. I'm going to say so. 12, somewhere between twelve and eighteen. Let's yeah. call it 15. Yeah. Alice yeah. Philippe's there. Mathieu van der Poel is there. Pogacar's there. Pogacar's there. That would be interesting. Pidcock's there. Pidcock's there. Bunch of people are there. And now is the time for me to admit that I've had a £15 bet on Sonny Colbrelli. Which means there's no point there's in There's no point in Sonny Colbrelli yeah. even. You might as well just pack it in there. So, um, anyway, yeah. let's uh, go and see Ramco later. Yeah. Going on at 21.5k to go. Valentin Madouas is taking Julien with him. They're into Leuven. The outskirts of Leuven. And this is an Alaphilippe goes over the top of Madouas now. He's opened up a gap and Van Aert is having to ride for himself now. So this is what the third time that Alaphilippe has gone from yeah. all the way out. And look, there he goes. Welcome to having to himself. Now he's not using teammates. This is literally now man on man. There he is. Mathieu Van der Poel still there in sixth place. Kind of just riding behind. Is Peacock still there? Yeah, Peacock still there just on the coattails. About, yeah, he's in around about tenth place, isn't he? But so, Oh, look at Alaphilippe. Wow. He's up on a three-second gap now. As I say, 21k to go. So Baglioni. Baglioni, so, yeah. So he's he's done his bits. So the dancer Nizzolo, I think, and Cobrelli is there. Now, just a note to our listeners, uh, Remco only dropped off 4k's ago. Yeah. 3k's ago, actually. And then since you the were disappointed and borderline critical of his effort. I think he can go further. I mean, it's like he's got to try harder, Remco. Yeah. Otherwise, it's back to football for you, sir. <laughs> You obviously haven't got it with the bikes. Look at Van himself. Look at there he is out of the saddle going for it. And there's Colbrand. He's sitting there in third place. Mathieu van der Poel looking ominous. Yeah. He's just sitting there. Just kind of keeps his clothes. Colbrand, is he panicking? Does he know he's got, you've got money on him? 
So look at that. What's two, four, David, six, eight, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen. You know, you can't beat these guys in a sprint when there's that many of them. The Van der Poel, Van Aert, Colbrelli. So if he's got any chance of beating them in a sprint, he needs to make sure he weakens them enough so there's only three or four of them left at the finish with him. Wow. If he just sits there and waits for one big attack where he can drag them away, but at the moment, he's just literally, he's used Remco, he used everybody else, and now he's making sure everybody is absolutely... Pickock's there. Pickock's in that little group. Pickock is with... There you go, Stoven that's coming yeah. across. Pickock's on his wheel. Yeah. And then... And we go. Colbrelli. And Colbrelli. So Stoven is taken Pickock and Colbrelli across now to Alaphilippe, but, I mean, the gaps are slight, and there's so many riders who are still prepared to ride at this point. Well, you know what? Here's a note. On that hill where Alaphilippe attacked, Pickock had been second last man in a 16-man group and still made it up over to that group, to, yeah. to where he is now. Well, that's a good sign, isn't it? But, uh, but yeah, so there you Van go. Van Aert's playing... Like he's, Van Aert, almost as if he's starting to watch Vanderpool now. Well, yeah, it is his nemesis. But look at, look at it, it's just scattered everywhere. You never see this, and it's still 19.6Ks, and it's... Stuba. There is no, no teams that control this anymore. Everybody's used up their, their star domestics, uh, if you like. They're starting to watch each other. They're starting to watch each other. So Van Der Poel and Van Aert are playing their own little game again, once again. And it's all kind of come back together again. Yeah. That's Calafilippe attacks again. <laughs> attacks himself. The old classic Calafilippe. going with him this time. And, uh, but this is what he has to do. Nielsen if he's going to win from this group. the American still win. You know what? And this, no, this is an interesting thing because often what we talk about in races like this is when it's this, it's not, it's incredibly hard, obviously. But it's, there's a lot of flat sections, there's fast sections, there's left rights, there's little hills. And it's turning it into really hard racing tactically. And Philippe is just making it harder, as Remco had done. Remco had done, what, 150 Ks of making this race hard for Wild Van Aert and Belgian team, which has worked, because it's the reason we've ended up in this situation where there's no team on the front controlling it. It's individuals against individuals. Yeah, but Remco's contribution has been different from Alaphilippe's, because Remco is just like a mo- motorbike on the yeah. front, yeah. whereas Alaphilippe's just like this wasp now. He's just darting off the front all and the time. And we saw that long conversation he had with Leclerc, yeah. his, his director sportive, yeah. and he spoke to his teammates. So obviously, look at him, he's just getting agitated. He needs it to get down to a group of four or five or less. He doesn't want to be sitting in, in the group of 16, and he's getting angry now. But yeah, now talking about more relaxing things, oh, Ned. Well, I don't know. Um, you can't really relax in this, was it? No, I wanted to sort of like clear. So we did reference briefly our, our drinks coasters, didn't we? Yes. Our, our, our merch. Mm. Um, a pound of which for every purchase made will go towards the bike project. Um, but obviously, we announced it way before we had the means for distribution and everything. Of course. But so, because we haven't thought it through really in a yeah. marketing sense. Mm. So bear with us as soon as we can. Hopefully, in the next week or so, we will get a link uh, sorted. Yeah. We'll yeah. direct you to the roadbook yeah. uh, website and there will be your means of purchase and just to and clarify what these so. are they're, they're, they're they wonderful are, they are our entire range of six fantastically designed kind of thumbnails of our various different iterations of Never Strays yeah. <coughs> Never Strays Far designed mm. by your man Vitor our yeah. friend Vitor and, and they're have, beautiful we have yeah. them laying around here at the studio and yeah, everyone really, comments on them everyone. so recommend <laughs> everyone <laughs> kind of have to really yeah. um, so that's that <laughs> and we're in Leuven David which is one of my favourite I mean going back to when I was I think the first time I went to Leuven I was 19 or 20 or something and I've been going back pretty much all my life and no love and extremely well I don't know I don't know it at all oh look he's going Uh, again Philippe going again come on (laughs) just insane um alright well there we go 17k to go Alain Philippe's attacking just for a change championship to get 
Pick up Pete. Come on, Pete, don't be Come lame. On, Pete. For only Pete, can you? 4.4k to go. We know Pete's watching, don't we, David? We know Pete's watching. Yeah. We keep sending his messages about what a great race it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to answer now because he's probably. He? Um, yeah. Just should we put this bit in the final edit of the podcast or yeah. should we just leave it in? No, no, we'll leave it in. Okay. Um, okay. I'm good with that. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we'll put the volume back on. I made a boo-boo, Ned. Well, Pete Kenyon didn't pick up first time around. No. Then the race finished, <laughs> yeah. which is a kind of minor detail in yeah. our day. And then... Um, but we did get... Then Pete did answer. And then he did answer. He All answered due two, respect. We got him on the phone, and he was I like know. 200 metres to go. Yeah. And Kenyuk, wherever... Is he in the Isle of Man at the moment? He's in the Isle of Man watching bike racing. And he, he was so it. excited. It was so good. He, he actually did, and you asked him to, and he did the whole talk in the last I said, K. talk us through, because we were on this weird delay here. Yeah. So, like, we on our monitors, one point, Philippe was there. There's huge crowds in love, and it's a fabulous setting. I mean, yeah. what an epic... What an uh, epic I mean, world. that was the thing. Was just, and I think you said, it's, "Why don't we do or some? Why don't we do the worlds in Flanders every year?" Well, they, yeah, they, they kind of have. That. Although, <laughs> although there's a weird thing about this, isn't it? Because this is very much an East Flanders. Yes, it kind of took in which we've done in another str- never straight far. It podcast. was East Flanders, wasn't it? So Leuven oh. is Leuven is actually the launch pad for the Brabant Appeal, which is the one day race that announces um, the week of the Ardennes. Yeah, you know, racing with La Flèche Vallon and mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, and Liège Gaston Liège being the kind of pinnacle, obviously, but. Um, but the kind of so, the, but the race today sat at the fault line between East Flanders and West La- West Flanders, mm-hmm. didn't it? And it kind of took in took in both the yeah. um, both the uh, both the kind of sides mm-hmm. of Flandrian yeah. racing. I thought it was mm-hmm. great. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the good thing is we've got a, we've got a, a very good footnote, a bit of sandwich. I'll, I'll put into this afterwards. Yeah, from Pete. Yeah, which kind of encapsulates his feelings about the World brilliant. Championships. Which so we've is, got a bit of Pete in the which podcast. Which is probably actually. I think what he did was brilliant, but um, we didn't record it, so it will just live in the, our heads forever. But apart from that, I think the biggest takeaway was was just um, this happens. I think the last time I saw this happen was maybe Treviso, where you do a course that isn't crazy hard. And so this is one of the things that's disrupted Tour of Flanders. Well, York, Yorkshire kind of did that to a certain yeah, extent as well. the weather yeah. hadn't been so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's the idea where you create a course which is technical, but it's uh, dynamic. And you can tell because it's always yeah. the local authorities that kind of the person who takes on charge to, to organize the world championships that yeah. pitches to the UCI then then get the right to do it within what the UCI desire. Yeah. But you could really tell that's that's a bike racing nation that built that course. Yeah. To develop a to, to create a race like that. Yeah. And then to have the bike racing kind of nation and yeah. people say it's the way in England it's football's coming home. Yeah. But like cycling's coming home. Yeah. To Flanders. Yeah. And that's Flanders. But as you said, it did touch towards the east as well, towards Brussels. Uh, yet the pressure that team was under, as yeah. English England football team is when they're playing well, England. Like, bear in mind as well yeah. that when was it like you, you've kind of entered I always try and shy away from comparing football to mm. cycling, mm. even though I've covered them both. But it, when was it? I'm thinking. 
2016, one of the football world championships or, or, or world cups. The Belgian football team, which is one of the best in the world right now, with mm. players like Kevin De Bruyne and stuff. Their kits that they announced, their football kit for one of these World Cups or big tournaments was based and modelled as a homage to the Belgian cycling kit. No. Have you not seen that? I did not so, so, know that. So they literally, they played one of these tournaments in blue, huh. light blue, that wonderful light blue with the three colours, you know, across the band. Oh, wow, or I black, didn't know that. What is it, black, red and gold, isn't yeah. it? Black, red and yellow. So um, that's how That's how much it matters. Values, yeah. Um, and particularly in Flanders. And it's, it's just, it's my yeah. mind that the yeah. worlds haven't been held... You know, Which since I the guess goes to show because we, we had victory in Zolder, yeah, about halfway through this um, this podcast. What, what are we calling this one? I've never stressed far. Can't be bothered. Never to think. I'm just, far. I'm, I've, been, yeah. I've been so creative uh, for the been, best part of an entire year. Yeah, we'll bring Vitor in just before we we sign off this, so we can <laughs> yeah, talk about that a bit yeah. more as well. Yeah, but um, is so never stressed far. Really. Never stressed far. Well, that's fine. Yeah. We can do that. We're yeah. very good at that. <laughs> it is. Um, is we, we during the middle of this podcast we talked about Olympics and gold medals and rainbow jerseys. That was great. But chat. actually, great those, those national champion kits oh, they're, they're so special. Except the ones that aren't special. Except the ones. That aren't. So you got the squad that's order. Check the, the, one. What about well, this? Is, this well, that was a I'd be train a, crash. <laughs> so, but what really annoyed me was the squad Azura. Yeah. It's got a huge Suzuki on the back. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? I was like, really? I mean, they've probably got a bucket load of money for it. Yeah. But the Squadra Azura is... Well, there's a little bit of Androni Giocattoli buried within the, the Italian kind of Azur- cycling. Azur- well, they you know, they yeah. kind of genuinely do need the money. Can we have a sponsor here? French is doing pretty yeah. well. I quite like it. It's quite French. It's not. It's definitely not perfect. Yeah. But it's good. You always yeah. know it's French is consistent. Yeah. The Belgian kit is... You don't associate that sort of baby as your blue with Belgium but then it's got the, the triple stripe yeah. the flag in the middle yeah, yeah. It's because they've just stuck to it for so long yeah it's that's the squad it's funny, I, I, I was having this conversation with um, my youngest actually before I came over to Girona we were just wandering around in Lewisham <laughs> and um, my youngest is 18 and works in works as a kitchen porter in, in, a, in a you know um, by kitchen porter I mean a pot washer mm. in a restaurant in, mm. in London and cycles in Been and out of I used work. to peel potatoes in a fish and chip <clears> shop Hard work. Mm, it's so tough drafting. Job. So, so five miles there, five miles back through London traffic. Mm. Um, but this is the first time they're 18 now. It's the first time since I had an influence over them a long time ago mm. when they were 10 or 11 yeah. that they are cycling regularly, form a lovely mm. kind of second-hand Condor bike, and yeah. off they go. Oh, yeah, I remember you but doing Edie, that. Edie's been saying to me, um, do you remember those little football kits yeah, sorry cycling kit there we go cycling kits I had um, that you brought back from races when I was mm. like, really small mm. and I went oh yeah you had a load didn't you and um, I brought them back a, um, a Malia Rosa from the Contador year at the Giro oh wow uh, a Tour de France yellow jersey I think they had a little no they never had a world champion jersey but they definitely had Mementos. they definitely had a Belgian national kit mm. like in, you know in size zero yeah. for a four year old or whatever Super and it was cool. like you know there's this whole thing about you can't wear these jerseys unless you've earned the right to wear them yeah but occasionally yeah. just wear them and celebrate them you don't mm. you know like because yeah, they're beautiful yeah, and, and you know co- what going on with that one it's I really like the current British design, but ours has been changing constantly. I'm not sure I know what it looks like. It's there. just white, and it's got kind yeah. of a red stripe GBR on it. No, and it's really simple. It won't. No, it won't last. No, we s- still haven't somehow within the British cycling team or Which federation. Which is mad 
because the we've, normally, got, we've got the easiest identity in the world. And, and normally, our national champions jersey that Ben Swift has been Lovely. wearing for 15 years yeah. is perfect. Yeah, with those three. It's just that's what it should just be. Just it. You should be. That's don't uh, you know it. what, and that's a great idea. If you're a national champion, you get to wear your national kit all year. And then everybody who's selected for the team gets to wear it for one day a same year thing. for their race. And it's the same thing. Same thing. And it's just that. That's, there we go. that's where you wear your country's colours. Are you listening, British Cycling? Because we it. just had a great idea on a balcony here on the La Rambla yeah. in Girona. You're welcome. Um, absor- <laughs> uh, you know, absorbing. Gillian and Philippe doing it again. Yeah, like, so. Uh, look, you and I have been through our progressive man crushes. Yeah, we've seen him. Well, we've obviously, we've, we've right? seen him five years, six years, seven years, kind of of commentating and, and watching his his growth. He's never changed in how aggressive he is. How we used to always joke. We created that joke where he attacks himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he waits really fast. <laughs> and he waits really fast. <laughs> and he's always Punches shaking his in the face. And he's always like punching his legs. Yeah. And he's shaking his head. And yeah. he's. He's a character of himself, yeah. and he's and he's built that. Yet it's becoming more and more effective. But just and yet it's just like the stuff he's doing. Think is about the today's he race. left behind today. Oh, it was amazing. And this is where I might actually just bring in Ross with fresh excitement tone to talk about his love of Alaphilippe because he did it before. Yeah, he did it before. Can he recreate? I can don't he know. recreate the, the same excitement? Just Ross. I'm going to bring in Ross, who people have heard of before. We just want to kind of talk about how Philippe did today and explain what, what you loved about the again, race. Again. Uh, again. Wow, the magic. I mean, you know, it's all right. The first one was a dress rehearsal, really. My thoughts and feelings haven't changed in that there's something... I'll use, I can't remember what was my exact words earlier the frenetic bike throwing energy you had a great yeah yeah. yeah it was something along the, along the lines of frenetic bike throwing energy of like it doesn't matter how frenetic kinetics frenetic kinetics yeah there you go there that's you go. perfect frenetic that's kinetics that's new club night available I'm in pretty happy uh, with that. Several, frenetic kinetics several south london nightclubs <laughs> well yeah Ned Bolting on yeah. the ones and twos yeah. frenetic kinetics <laughs> it's frenetic kinetics night yeah <laughs> with a massive picture of Philippe behind it yeah it's just like even if he's not doing well there's something about the way he moves and the way he looks it's that sort it's that tommy vockler vibe thing right it's like there's no poker face he yeah, just lays it all out there yeah and it's there's no there's no hiding there's no pretense it's it's like really honest racing yeah and today was like to me it felt like like you guys were saying there was like tactics to the attack like Maduas set him up but it felt like that was a bike race won by force of personality rather than sort of like the, the, the intricacies of bike racing I don't know I think that, that I think that the intricacies of bike racing actually won him the race uh, and that the force of personality personality thing just kind of rubber stamped it or got him you yeah. know kind of like I think I think that inspired him I think there was and we were talking about earlier there was that wobbly moment where it looked like the gap had come down to about eight seconds and he was shaking his head and he was going kind of ah oh, is this game over is this finished um, and normally that is the point at which a, a, a solo attack ends yeah but he's not normal Nah. Uh, 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 and um, and he'd done the right thing, hadn't he? Because he'd got those riders in a difficult position. They were all isolated. They were all not as good as him. Like, that's the thing that he knew. Like, with respect to the chase group of, who was it? Van Bala, Valgren, Paulus, and... Can I just point out, the other one? Uh, I'm really happy for Michael Valgren that he's obviously got married. The name change threw me. Because I was like, who's this new young Hundal. Danish rider with a, the yeah. Hundal? Who's the, he must be riding for EF. 
They've signed some Neo Pro. What a ride from him. Okay. It's first world. And someone's like, that's Michael Vogel. I was like, oh, right, okay. Right, okay, yeah. right. It's not a marriage thing. That's a Danish naming thing. Oh. So that, I think Hundal is his mother's uh, surname and Dahlgren is his father's um, surname. Or vice versa. But anyway, you know, there we go. That's details, details, details. But it was, yeah. it was, it in was, word? in a word, kinetic, frenetic? Uh, electric. 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 Electric, phonetic, kinetic. Yeah. Thank you, Ross. Yeah. Um, so, but that was kind of... Cause it's, as, as, I'm really pleased he's the world champion. I'm super pleased. I'm really pleased. I just... And that I was me being a cyclist. Wout, I'm super a pleased. Bit, but, uh, yeah, I do but, feel for Wout because the big ones... What, what did we do? We talked about this in Never Stray's Farthing. Did we? Uh, when we talked about... Uh, when he... We had one of our Never Stray's Farthing where the first 10 minutes we talked about war and battles... Yeah, uh, and we referenced how that stage into the Mjöder Orm or whatever, or, or the Cote Orm or the Hill of Orm in Wales. Oh, oh the um, the Great Orm, yeah, the Great Orm. Landidno, yeah. So I'm stuck into to, to the Yorkshire language. Yeah, uh, and he got to the top, and it was he. I've never seen a rider clap so bad and almost convulsed in the floor. And he won that race, and he's very proud. And I do think now, tonight, oh, he'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, so, I shouldn't have gone so deep there. So that's a great observation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Van Aert was comatose on the ground. Yeah. And Julian Alaphilippe, who'd been beaten into second place, yeah. was, wasn't. No. And he just kind of went up and they did a little fist... Yeah? Yeah. With hindsight. So, and I think... It, I, and I can say that it happened to me at the London Olympics... Um, because I turned up there and I'd been on amazing fire at the Tour de France and won a stage and kept racing really hard the whole last week yeah. so I thought it would make me better yep. I wasn't at my best by the time I got to the London Olympics and I always regret that I hadn't just shut it down yeah. and had the confidence to do nothing and Wout van Aert was probably the way the length of season he's had the, the can, just the strength of the man and the different things and doing the time trial and getting second by six seconds yeah now yeah. in hindsight's twenty twenty, there was no way he was going to be at his best today. Like, he's just and Vukla knew uh, that, and Vukla knew and that, knew and, that. And they just pummeled it. And, but, but Belgium forgot it. They set Remco out on a rampage, hubris, hubris, to just make the race as hard as humanly possible. What they actually needed to was keep the race as easy as possible for Wout van Aert to yeah, win a sprint because he would have done. Yeah. Yeah, so there well, you go. Merck's made exactly that point, I think. Merck's questions, even Apple's selection yeah. for exactly that reason. Because he'd make the race too hard. Make the race too hard. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, but he, he knew, he knew yeah. a thing or two about bike racing, Eddie Merckx. And just, I know I talk about him all the time, but Remco from 180 k's out or 200 k's out, he starts attacking yeah. and didn't stop yeah. didn't shut down till 32 kilometers from the finish yeah actually it's closer than that i think yeah. 23 yeah. it's pretty freaky yeah but yeah it was, a, it was i think one of the greatest worlds i've ever seen yeah it's brilliant uh, it's nice to see it here from girona which is home mm. from home for me now yeah already already <laughs> although i only know four-star hotel accommodation i've never really kind of experienced <laughs> anything else Real hotel um, card man, paid, our paid friends. for hotel yeah. accommodation so that's yeah that's fine it's, by me nah, it's a lovely place no, it's, it's, incredible, it's an incredible place to yeah. watch a bike race in in flanders um from here i go to london imminently like now mm. Um, then as of Tuesday, I go to the UK, and then I, and then t- first thing tomorrow yeah, morning, Monday yeah, morning, yeah. I fly to Sicily, yeah, for the G- Giro di Sicilia, yeah, and on Tuesday yeah. the race starts. So let's pod yeah. again on Tuesday, maybe, yeah, either in the morning or in the uh, evening. And or then maybe we, maybe we call in um, Vitor then and uh, get him to explain all the oh, about the drinks coasters and the, the coasters. Yeah, and I think we should. 
if he's nearby, let's go now because we can just wrap up this. Because I think it's, it's worth. I think we've actually been locked out of our own place. Yeah, you've literally. Yeah, he's locked we've us been out. Locked us out. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, and we're locked out of our own okay. place. Yeah. So now we're just going to, because what we'd like to do, because the artwork that you see on our, if you actually pay attention and look at on our podcast, on your podcast choice. Oh, they definitely choice, do. They definitely do. They definitely do. Well, it's readership on is discern- Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or is discerning. Yeah, and you know, so there's a, the, a Brazilian man who does it. Melinda um, Apple's people, yeah. they obviously don't have a soul. No, well, I just don't. They, they didn't they don't get it, soul. did they? No, they need to eat less of their apples. Fewer. And fewer, fewer of them. I got that wrong. Damn no, it! That's right. Don't worry. Don't Damn worry. it. Right, yeah. Vitor. We talked about this before, but we just like to. Ned would like to introduce you to our people. Vitor, Vitor um, I think last time in the in the deleted version, <laughs> I introduced you as Portuguese, which is <laughs> only true in as much as you're not Portuguese, um, but you speak Portuguese because you're Brazilian. I'm Brazilian, and you are um, the graphic designer who works for Chapter Three. Exactly. And um, you've been designing our Never Strays Far graphics heavily. Yeah, yeah, heavily, heavily designing them. <laughs> and then I come to you every now and again because i am you know briefed with thinking of the i the next title each time in consultation with our listenership because they have a big part to play in this they bring me back occasionally when i consider calling the never strays france never strays papillon or or never strays farad was going to be never strays schmetterling until our listenership put me right right oh really i didn't know that yeah 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 they're very much involved in it um never strays farthing was going to be a load of things one of which was never strays farage yeah. who's a right-wing politician in <laughs> in the uk uh, which is probably a really bad idea but but anyway so i say to you never strays farad and yeah. i say I, you've got about 12 hours to do this yeah maybe six out maybe sometimes an maybe hour sometimes half an hour yeah. half an hour sometimes and you come up with the goods every time but i happily do it it's it's i think the fact that i don't have much time is the fact that it's, that's why they come out so well you know because <laughs> then it was just like just stop anything just you're doing and like yeah. this what? is important podcast design work <laughs> I, love, I actually love to see the the covers in podcasts because it's it's a job that you instantly see it live yeah you don't have to wait like two days or three days it's like half an hour later it's a regular I can show my mom my mom's yeah. gonna be proud you know very good <laughs> and you like the drinks coasters that you've you've been present- I presented I love you? them yeah. I think it's like it's one of the best things people ever made with everything that I designed <laughs> or anything anyone has designed anyone really, in yeah. history in, in the, the human, history of in dis- human yeah, history I think it's up there yeah yeah. <laughs> but um, as I said before in the deleted version of this podcast the deleted version <laughs> that we lost yeah um it was really nice to design it and to have it done for Spotify. But the fact that you print it as as beer coasters, drinks coasters, drinks coasters, drinks coasters. Okay. doesn't just any any kind yeah, of drink, yeah. right? Made it just alive, and now I'm I'm probably in the same um, category of every Italian artist in history. You know, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, and, and and finally, Julian Alaphilippe, happy happy to yes, see. Yes, I yeah. love I love seeing this guy winning. He's like he's good. one of my favorite cyclists in the peloton right now. Yeah. Um, if I were to be a pro cyclist, I wanted to be like him. Like, that, that kind of cyclist that just entertain people. Uh, if he doesn't win, everyone, he put up a show, you know, like, he's attacking and attacking and attacking, short climbings. Um, he's my favorite cyclist at the moment, so I'm really happy that he won. Vitor, you're the Julian Alaphilippe of the design world. <laughs> yeah, short yeah, climb, right? Yeah, short climb, yeah, 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 the Julian Alaphilippe. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. A little bit unpredictable, a little bit edgy, quite aggressive, <laughs> but ultimately extremely successful. And, I um, love it. And if Alaphilippe 
wants to bring out a range of drinks coasters i would suggest that he should consult you please do please if, do if he were ever to want to do i don't know if he would i would um, i so, would i would actually do okay yeah, i'm sure you would <laughs> thank you Ned. see you later. see you next time okay so that's us really that's David. us, that's us. Yeah, so, yeah, you're gonna head back to london yeah and, uh, i need to probably go quite soon now yeah. because we don't because yeah. uh because it's like technical hiccup i'm gonna go get the bags from the hotel and then perfect you know, taxi taxi, taxi. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.